Hi, this is Chaz Emmerich, and you're listening to the fifth episode of the Strictly Professional Podcast. Uh, this is our iPad announcement reaction episode, as it were, although uh, the majority of the uh, discussion actually veers uh, uh, far, far away from the iPad for those of you who aren't particularly interested in that, um, including reaction to the Sun-Oracle merger announcements, um, a bunch of stuff about databases and unicode and character encodings and um bos and working on or not uh, assembly on uh, trs 80s so hope you have fun listening to this uh do come to our website at uh, strictlyprofessional.wordpress.com leave a comment or question uh, which we can uh, talk about next time and uh, have a good one Tech stories this week? <laughs> no, not no. really. Actually, nothing anyone's talking about. You're all disappointed. I see because the iPad is a. Uh, if you have a bunch of, if you got 500 extra bucks hanging around, then it's kind of you get. But it's not going to sell like the iPhone. I mean, you need a phone, right? So you can uh, you can justify the added expense. There you go. Underest- go go ahead and underestimate them. What? No. No. Uh, what's that? Commander Taco thing he said about the iPod, the first one. <laughs> Oh, less oh. storage space than a Nomad, yeah. no wireless lane yeah. or something like that. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it, I'll put my standard uh, something of an Apple fanboy. Though I don't really think of myself as one. I own... <laughs> exactly. I have everything. And then I look at my desk and I'm like, you yeah, know, no, I'm an Apple fanboy iPhone, developing iCoco apps. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, yeah. Okay, never mind. But, yeah, I saw that. I'm like, yes, please. I'd love to have one, but I don't um, have 500 extra bucks. But I think, I think that it's a good alternative for people who think they want, oh, I'd like an Apple, but I'd like a netbook or something like that. It's like, I think yeah. that fits that niche. That I saw Hacker News today. It was a good thing. It was basically, it's uh, great for your grandparents or your parents. I, yeah, I, I think so, they're too. They're just using it for browsing the web, but... And you can't screw it up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're not going to, you know put your file in the wrong folder or de- delete your home directory or whatever, you know, it's just not going to happen. As much as I'm not an Apple fanboy, I mean, I don't have an iPhone, <laughs> I don't have, I don't do Cocoa development, I don't... <laughs> What's it on your desk over there? Oh, well, I mean, it's it's a MacBook. I love OS X, but that's as far as it's ever gone. Um, and I was really down on it. I thought, you know, this is it. Because I because there there were those patent applications for like the keyboard that would rise up out of the display and stuff like that <laughs> all this Star Trek kind of shit yeah um, and but but the more I thought about it the more was you know this this argument that it's not a general purpose computing device is totally uh, that's a that's totally not germane the point is that computation is now a commodity you don't need and you don't want to have to know how to thing works inside and the fact that they lock it down so hard means that they can create that walled garden that grandparents and parents and 
random people can just use it without having insider knowledge. It's like it's like if someone came out with you know a, a phone that sits on your desk that doesn't have that that has APIs. You'd say this is crazy. This is this thing should work in exactly the right way, the way it was intended to, not open for modification or all that. I just wish they would open, they, at least it might be license or sell or give us some kind of service agreement where you could have your own private app store. You know? First thing, I imagine the, like the, the, the iPad would be perfect for medical stuff. You take a note oh, I think it stuff. is going to be perfect. They, but they'll just gonna, own the marketplace for it. But, but you could do that with, what, why is the iPad better for that than a PC tablet? Yeah, well, it's lighter, right? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, but I mean, for hip, if you think about it as a vendor, if you get it on there, you don't have to worry about that PC tablet getting a virus on it, and violating your HIPAA stuff. You don't have to worry about them yeah. deleting, you know, some device driver or something. Randomly. Yeah, but the 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 iPad is less susceptible because it's running a di- it's not running Windows, but it's not immune from viruses. It still has an operating system. It still could get infected. I just mean, from a from a uh, if you were a, a uh, you know doing ISV whatever what's it called the um, no uh, you do bars right value added reseller mm-hmm. like you're you're sitting there going to a hospital and you're going to give a thousand trans you know the doctor's doing transcriptions it's going to be a lot easier to manage yeah. a thousand iPads there totally uniform drop hardware the, environment yeah drop it in your whatever your corporate app store and it just automatic, automatically updates you know to worry about all that stuff but I think there's going to be a lot of if they don't do something like that I can't imagine why they wouldn't they could charge a lot of money for that you know I, I can't imagine Apple doing something like that well but I mean one thing they could do is just stuff off my head is I did read that there's there it does um, <clears throat> when you plug it into your Mac or PC it does it mounts a drive where you can move either way files. So one thought is the app is there for free on the store, but without, like, say, a key or something, it's useless. I'm just saying for provisioning. For well, that's what I'm saying. Then the provisioning you could do via these I know, files. Have to, being able to just do that on it. Yeah, magically. but it, to have have to do that to each iPad. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. As you're as you're provisioning a thousand units. Sure. I mean, you can you can yeah, you have to go to yeah. a thousand PCs. Hey, I wasn't the one who brought up this idea. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, Apple's I'm just pulling stuff out of my ass to see if I can make it like work. That anyway, Apple's a consumer products yeah. company. They never target the business market for this stuff. I mean, they have a little bit with with the XServe, but that's never really seemed to go that far. And they've they've only been successful in their consumer products. Yeah, the business I ever heard you're using XServes are really like Apple fanboyish business. Like you really kind of or have a gopher in the ranks. Yeah. Think. Yeah, and they've never really pushed the iPhone either. It's still BlackBerry and big corporate. Yeah, they've made some concessions. I know, like for the iPhone, because I, I thought the iPhone you can do uh, exchange. You yeah, can, you can. Yeah. and the and the remote kills and stuff like that. Yeah, it, the iPhone's gotten a lot better for business, but it's there's still more targeting the consumer market than the business market for sure. Well, I was just saying in general, when you have a lockdown device like that, it's great for vendors. Mm-hmm. That. It's going to kill the Kindle market, though. I imagine because yeah. it's, it's only a little bit more expensive than. Well, that's what I was about to bring Kindle up because I've been eyeballing Kindles because I have 
you know, for the geek books, I'm, I have tons of PDFs and all that, and I'm always like, mm, maybe the Kindle, but it doesn't do PDF natively. You have to do some wonky conversion, right? That's really bad. And I assume this, you know, I can look at PDFs on my iPhone right now, so I'm sure I can look at it on an yeah, iPad, and it's a much better form factor because you try reading on the How? iPhone, it stinks. But yeah. this is like, ah, I could just sit on my couch read my books. And you can do all the other shit, too, that Kindle can't do. Right. Yeah. right. You're going to have a Gen 2 iPad by the end of the year, although. Gen 2? Oh, oh, Gen 2. I see yeah, no, not the yes. Linux distro. <laughs> I'm like, what? That's what I thought, too. Gen 2 on the A4 chip. <laughs> way yeah, bad. how about that? That's, Geek coefficient is way too high in this room. Yeah, that's the uh, one thing. Uh, it's just people are just starting to talk about now. I remember catching my eye, I'm like, that's her own ship. Where's the A1 and the A2 and the A3? <laughs> Some lab somewhere. Prototypes, yeah. But that's that's pretty remarkable if you think about the implications of that. They own the entire... I mean, I'm sure there's proprietary bits in there, but... Well, they used to do a lot of partnerships with IBM and Motorola back in the day. But this is all them. Yeah, this The company is all that them. built it, did it is a company they bought. But now they're... You know, ten, uh, 10 times the size that they were then yeah. and have a lot more resources so they can go to Taiwan and say, all right, we're just going to buy this whole thing and that's it. Yeah. But I, that is one takeaway. I have yet to touch it myself. Most people haven't. But uh, the peop- stuff I've been reading, the people have. It's What's like the, they're blown away by how fast it feels. But then again, compared to an iPhone, anything feels pretty fast. Cause that's one of the dirty secrets of the iPhone. It's pretty effing slow. What's I have I have an older one, but what's the reported battery life on this compared to a Kindle? I don't know. Eight I hours, ten hours. hours. Ten hours is what they're advertising. So you do the Apple coefficient. That'd probably be about what six hours, maybe an hour. <laughs> Apple's not that bad with their no, I claims, know. but I got a solid three and a half, three and forty-five minutes on this thing, and that's yeah. the and uh, they advertise five. Yeah. So. What's, I don't remember what the Kindle is, but it's, it's probably quite a bit longer than. Oh yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. But it's still, but but eight to ten hours is is fine. I, I've also I also suspect that when it comes to just reading a book, right, Kindle is still easier on the eyes. Yeah, you're not getting blasted in the face with yeah. light like that. Although the Kindle doesn't have an option for you know dim light reading. You need reading lamps and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think indoors, the, the iPad's probably better all around indoors for reading. It's when you get outdoors in, in bright sunlight, but that's yeah. a pretty minority use case anyway. That's why I have no interest in getting one with the 3G, because I'm just like, it's not going to leave my house. Yeah. Maybe on an airplane every now and again, that's about it. It's not my, uh, I could see bringing it to Geek Club or something, just... It's a little Twice. easier than... Yeah. I wouldn't even know, because you don't want to cart that around. It's not, it's like a laptop. I don't... I, I, I think about it now. I don't know why I bother having a laptop. Like, it never leaves my house. Oh, really? <laughs> I, you have a tower for work and stuff like that? No, I don't. That's what I'm saying. I should. Oh, 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 I see. I, it, the laptop never leaves my house. And occasionally, it's, I go sit on the couch every now and again, and it's just to read. That's why the iPad to me is like, that is perfect form factor for the things yeah, I actually want. Yeah, if you don't want move your laptop portable. around, you're paying a lot for, uh, or somebody's paying a lot yeah. for, <laughs> if it's for still, a laptop. But he can. He has to go see clients in LA. He can bring his work. Yeah, and that's basically the only reason. But yeah, no, I'm I'm unapologetic. I'm like I saw it. I, at first, I wasn't sure. The more I thought about it yesterday, I was just like, "Yes, I'd like one, please." 
Uh, is that going to translate to you actually purchasing one, though? Um, yeah, yeah. It's kind of businessy reasons too. I may we're doing some stuff for we're doing some stuff for work where yeah, might work. we might get one for work. So there's that. But I'm also uh, doing some uh, iPhone dev on the side for real now. I've kind of started partnering up with a designer friend of mine, and um, yeah, it's both a side venture for both of us. And uh, but because there's two of us, I think we may wind up having to file all the papers and all that. In which case, I could write it off. That doesn't mean a whole lot of anything. Uh, I, yeah, no, it means it's off. a huh? Thirty percent off. Yeah, and but but still, it's uh, it may be a requirement just for doing it in that dip, just to be able to. What is it, it for consumer electronic health? Is it can you depreciate it in one year? Or do you have to do it in like three years? If you have less than a hundred, uh, well, last tax year I would probably presume it's the same. Um, if you have less than a hundred thousand dollar in capital expenses, you can take it straight off the year. Uh, you don't even need to depreciate it at all. Hmm. So, I mean, for any company that we'd ever be, you know, principally involved in, you never have to depreciate anything. Was that a change during, they made like a few years ago, Bush's? That was yeah. a change uh, in 07, I think. Yeah. Because it used to be, you to depreciate everything. No, it they had to, there was, weird. there was still a, a, a Small business exception where it was like ten thousand dollars, but then they boosted it. I think to a hundred, maybe to five hundred, something like that. <laughs> the definition of small business keeps getting to be larger and larger businesses. What's yeah. well, so five hundred work? What is it? Five hundred employees? I thought it was a hundred. Then federal government, yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's a. I just want to make some iPhone apps and I have to get a crash course and all this other stuff because I decided to do it with somebody else. Even just as a side venture, it's just like, at first we're like, ah, we don't need to do any of that stuff. You need to do all that stuff. You need to do all that stuff. (laughs) Just because there's money, even if it's pittance, there's money changing hands. Yeah, money screws people up. Yeah. So, but yeah, I I, am, but all that aside, I, I would spend I'd probably get the cheap one because I don't need. I, I can't there, picture the cheapest one is five hundred dollars. Oh, I thought that was the only configuration. I didn't no, know it, there's that gives you sixteen gigs, <coughs> and then for thirty-two gigs it's six hundred, and then for sixty-four gigs it's seven hundred. Flash is damn cheap. What the hell are they putting sixteen gigs? <laughs> called profit margin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean. In my mental use case, I don't see needing more than 16 gigs because I'm not. It's not an iPod, so I'm not. What am I storing on it? Books. Not gonna go to the gym with the yeah. shoulder. Feel like the old yeah. auto blaster. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't movies on, but that's only like if I was traveling. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not. I, I think 16 gig would be plenty. And those apps, those, I could see the app size getting bigger it's for games and such. The assets would sure. be all be. Aren't there a lot of like iPhone apps that kind of replace website interfaces, like the Facebook app? Like you know, if you have a display that's ten twenty four by seven sixty eight, you don't need to like a Facebook app. Well, that was Facebook. one of the things. You know, one of the, at work we kind of a few of us kind of jumped in a palo with my boss, who's just kind of like there were there were some client reasons why we needed to talk about it, but one of it was just like, well, I need to get a sense of what to say because I'm gonna get asked about it a million times, and when he's like. You know, because for the iPhone, some sites are optimized for it. 
you know, the first initially it's like, oh, you won't have to do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, you do. If, especially if your site has a lot of stuff going on, you want people to actually be able to use it. Like Flash. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> Flash. Um, Nobody uses that. Some sites have done that, and uh, you know, well, we need to do that for the iPad. In my kind of thoughts, no, ten twenty four by seven sixty eight. I mean, that's that is they pick the number that people are still sticking to is like okay, that's the yeah. that's the baseline. It kind of it's a bummer if you were hoping that that baseline was going to get any bigger if you are a web designer, but I'm not sure that anybody was clamoring for that. Like it seemed like in a lot of cases, even the sites you see that are designed to be like a thousand pixels wide feel feel a little too wide. Yeah. So I I think you know the good news there is I don't think you do need to do much unless you're heavily flash dependent. And, Again, might be fan. It's not even fanboy. I hate Flash, so I'm, I'm happy. Like you know, people are like, "No Flash, that sucks." I'm like, "Yes." Really? I, I think there's a lot of great games in Flash. Yeah, but they don't want you to use the Flash games. You're supposed to. Well, I understand they don't, but I, I don't. I don't understand the sort of the Flash hate that exists out there. It's just, it's just oh. so like. Do you use a Mac? I do. I was gonna say it's a Mac. Yeah, it's yeah, easy. I read all this stuff, and I'm just like, it's not that it works. I remember, and this has always been the case, because I remember back in the day developing like Flash 4 or 5. I was doing that for a while. And we all worked on Macs. It was a design firm. And we one of the reasons we had the PC, right? We, you know, <laughs> other than, you know, you had to test. And it was always like, all your load, the, load the Swift up <clears throat> on the PC because yeah. the frame rate and that feel you're going for is going to be go a lot faster on the PC. It's going to be weird. And we're always kind of trying to fine tune, split the difference. It's just—it's always been one percent of the people watching on Max, especially in those days. So, did you switch to the HTML5 video player on uh, YouTube then? I did. Kind of sucks. Kind of does. Um, I do have—I do have that uh, click to flash for Safari that does this, has a cool option if you dig through that where you, it will just show it as it will just grab the. Uh, that H265 video and just like a standard quick time player and that actually is my favorite way of dealing with YouTube. What's bad about it? It's ugly. Uh, it was ugly. It was really um, Wait, just a, in, a, in, a, in a UI sense you mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's I mean, fixable. That, that is fixable but the, uh, it was also very uh, stuttering for me. Huh. Um I would think it'd be the opposite because that's supposed to be a direct pipe. It's just a video file, and that's it. And there's yeah, and it's also it's also a newer player though, so it, it hasn't had the amount of development that the Flash player has put into it so yeah. far. That's somewhat experimental. I mean, that, the support for that is fairly new still in browsers. I don't know enough about it though to know like if you can do st- cool stuff like um, I don't know Vin- the Vindler player, which is a Flash-based player, which has you can have like little bookmarks and stuff and annotations all in the player. I don't know if like the HTML5 video supports that, or if you have to do that all on like layers above the video player. It seems like it'd be a lot more complicated to do that stuff just in straight mm. up HTML5 than Flash. I am a because I always deal with the back end. I'm kind of woefully behind on knowing what's going on with HTML5 and what the big effing deal is. You know, I, I get it on some kind of hand wavy level, but it's just like. It's okay, like, while we were getting all excited about this, and, you know, 
it's just like hearing people two or three years ago getting excited about CSS3 properties back when I was right. going to do any of that. I'm like, yeah, I'm still waiting for some you know, browsers that people actually use that support this. You still can't use CSS3 no. widespread. No. And you won't be able to for a long time. A long time. Same with HTML5. It's going to be a long time before that's... 2019, I think. The same thing to use. So it's just like all this excitement over these... I mean, it's great for people like us. You know, I'm using Chrome. I'm, I get all that stuff, but... Unless you're doing iPhone-optimized sites or iPad-optimized. Then, then you can go... Yes, then you Design can for... Uh, best viewed in, that's <laughs> uh, those, those. Unless you saw that uh, Polaroid CSS site. Was this no. one posted somewhere? Yeah, that was cool. There's all these uh, animations built into, into uh, WebKit now baked into it. Hmm. So somebody did pure CSS. You saw all these pictures with frames with like Polaroids around them and you if you're on Safari and you moused over them, so they were all rotated. It looked like it was Polaroids kind of laying on a, on a table. You And you moused over and they got bigger and rotated up. Yeah. And you could see it and all the stuff. And the code was literally just some divs <laughs> of pictures. So pretty wild. Able to do that. That's a only hope that some of these advanced tech and like the people having these things in the browsers will kind of drag some of this browser stuff into the future. I just wonder, like on the iPad though, if there's you got to figure the people that can browse to a site from the iPad, but you could do some really interesting stuff, make it like an app. I mean, mm -hmm. well, you make your site more of an app than a, a site. Well, I know, and and you can you know you can still drag it to their to your make an icon out of it do that on the iPhone hopefully it'll make that easier like a menu option or something mm -hmm. real quick applets are never going to go away flash or java or silverlight or otherwise because like stuff like even simple stuff like file uploads is there even a file upload thing in, in HTML5 I thought I remember hearing about something does it know. you know does it upload you know uh, recursively through directories does it you know yeah. of course not it's it's going to be whatever they settled on, yeah, and then yeah. you're going to have some requirement, and you're going to have to go dig around in Flash or oh, Java, yeah. and yeah, do I all mean, sorts of stuff. The neat thing about Safari, though, I was just reading a little bit more about their stuff, is they have a through JavaScript you can access <coughs> SQLite database. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, that's really the cool. one embedded in in the browser, right? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of annoying most of the time. Like, <laughs> like I always have this thing whenever I go to Gmail in my on my iPhone, like it um. It stores everything in SQLite. So what happens is, as a, as a user experience, I get there, I'm seeing, like, if I don't check it very often on my iPhone like that. So I'll be like, oh, there's my mail from, like, a week ago. And that's what I see first. And then all of a sudden, some stuff happens, and it updates. So that, to me, is like, how is this better than just loading up the web page? I'm not sure. You can look at it offline. <laughs> whoop de doo Yeah. It's the one percent use case taking over the entire design yeah. process. Yeah. Now, that's Google sometimes for you. Well, on a, on a laptop, being able to look at it offline is useful. On the iPhone, it's not. And if I touch it, is on the iPad. Touch it is. Yeah. You're not, you don't have Wi-Fi. I've totally lost all sympathy for arguments about offline constraints and development. It's just there's. I mean, come on. If you're on a plane, bring a magazine. That's it. 
Bring a magazine. Bring one of those mini DVD players. Fold your hands and sit quietly. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy yourself. <laughs> I imagine uh, if you fool often, then your argument would be different. If you were what? If you fool often. I'm... Not a whole lot of people fly that often. I mean, it's a... From a development standpoint, I'm kind of... I'm with you. I'm just like, man. It's like, I remember reading all this stuff, like, oh, you can do this, you can do that. You know, and like carrying, like, you're going to embed SQLite in the browser. You can store... It just feels like another... Another pipeline I don't want to deal with. It it is kind of the wrong time for it. I mean, you know, five years ago, having more offline capabilities would have been really useful. And as time goes on, it becomes less and less useful because connectivity is more and more yeah. ubiquitous. And I mean, it's going to be now. Now, like a, I think, um, uh, is it Virgin that has Wi-Fi on all flights, top to bottom? Um, Probably. And yeah, American you know, has them on most of the cross-country flights. That's that's going to be standard in five years. Uh, so, where's the where's the use case out in Namibia or something like that? Uh, I mean, apologies to the people in the movie, but uh, they have better cell phone coverage than we do. That's true. Maybe they've got four G already. Who knows? So I mean, it's it's one higher than three, Joe. <laughs> goes to four. Is that the wind or is that something in your? Yeah, I think that's no. That's the wind. That's the wind. Because he's like, it's probably an exhaust vent or something, right? I whatever is up there. <laughs> We're in the tundra, folks. <coughs> But yeah, we'll right, so let's get out of off the iPad here. Yeah. yeah, you wanted to trash Sun. No. <laughs> I thought you I said that it was wild that they got rid of the entire java.com domain name. Oh, yeah, talk, I've been hearing, I, I missed this whole thing. I've been, actually had to look at iPad stuff for work, too, so I just, I haven't been hearing, like, Oracle <laughs> Sun, and I just haven't read up on it. And it happened at exactly the same time. So I'm just like, I just missed it. And Twitter stayed up the entire time. Which was pretty impressive, I think. But yeah, I mean, Twitter. Anyways, um, so we're, not, we're not going to do. We're not going to play that bingo card. If it wasn't Twitter, it would. It would we have to get impressive. more beer. <laughs> yeah, we need a lot more beer. Tech um, podcast drinking game is on. But um, yeah, well, what's the what's the deal? Back to the envelope version. Oh, Oracle bought Sun and went yeah. through, uh, and Oracle is going to basically. Or their aim is to own IBM and HP and Microsoft and Dell and every market, no matter what. Except for desktop and consumer stuff, I suppose. And I was really surprised at how... I mean, I figured lots of bad things were going to come out that would actually impact me significantly. And everything went the way I would have asked for it. Huge investment in the in the JVM. I guess they're going to try and merge the J Rocket and Hotspot JVMs, which probably means nothing to any of you. <laughs> that's what I was hoping for. But yeah. but that's but that was on my wish list. But if but if they actually pull that off, that would be pretty amazing because J Rocket has always been significantly better performance wise than Hotspot, and Hotspot has always had better uh, support for dynamic languages and blah blah blah. blah. I think Glassfish is going to do well, and NetBeans is going to do well, and Kenai is gone, which is great because it was like SourceForge race from the dead in terms of UI. But what about you care? What about MySQL? <laughs> What's going to happen to MySQL? Oh, uh, it's going to keep on 
moving along. They're going to collect their support payments and, I guess, a pour, pour a bunch of money into it to make it that much better. And it's already been forked, too, right? By it's been forked 15 different times. No, but by uh, Monty. Monty. After he left Sun, he forked it. And yeah. Well, it's yeah, all it's forked DB, I think, is his name for it. Yeah, it's sort of a fork reduction. Yeah. Basically, went back to the MySQL 4 code, basically. Oh, really? So to ensure nobody will use it? No, it's I mean, like just five is so buggy. He wanted to revisit a lot of the design yeah. decisions, and uh, I think he wanted to take out views. And well, it's completely gotten away from like, what like it was known for. Like, yeah. It was like, well, it's a little wonky, but damn, is it fast. Now it's kind of like, well, it does all this stuff that the big boys do, and it's just as slow as all, the, all of those. Slow and buggy is all the big boy databases. So good job. <laughs> So yeah, and now like you want the simple, you go with what SQL. It's got like, foreign keys though. Yeah. But, it, but it doesn't do all the things that the big boys do. There's lots of stuff that DB2 and, and Oracle do that are There's lots of stuff that even Postgres does. Yeah. yeah. Never mind stuff like Teradata. Um, so there's, I mean, it it occupies a nice niche. I don't understand what all the shrieking and hollering was about Oracle gonna kill it. They're they're buying an organization that paid a billion dollars for this business. They're not going to shove it in a coffin and just put it in a closet. Yeah. Anyway. They killed James Gosling. Yeah, I don't think they did. They shot him. I thought he was dead this week. There was a thing on Reddit. It was like, R.I.P. James Gosling or something like that. And it turned out it was just like a cartoon he drew or linked to or something. Yeah, like it was a gravestone for Sun. Yeah, but yeah. the implication of the article was like, he's dead. I know. It was, like, it was a really bad title for yeah. a Hacker News piece. <laughs> He couldn't take it. He offed himself. <laughs> I've always meant to look at Postgres again, but I really loved it back so in the bad, day. like '90s eight. That's wow! You're, you're, you really hold a grudge. Yeah, <laughs> it's bad burn, and we were using it for a e-commerce site, and it was like going down all the time. Huh. You got to vacuum it. Oh, vacuum. oh, vacuuming. Oh. I remember that. I used to... We were using it for... Uh, it was weird. We were using Oracle for the back end. Forget, forget this one out. Oracle for the back end, but I think they didn't want to buy the Oracle license for the front end. So we were doing this denormalization down to Postgres and then running the live site front end off of Postgres. Well, doesn't, doesn't Postgres have some partial Oracle emulation or something? I don't know. Uh, it was just... Well, back then, it probably didn't have anything. Yeah, yeah, back then, it might not have. Back like then, the, it was, you know, flat files, and that's about it. I was bummed when I got kind of forced back into dealing with MySQL. I felt I always felt like it was inferior, even today. Well, it is inferior, fundamentally. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, I was kind of, I was a lot happier. With, I liked the strictness about some things. Like, I mean, I always cheated. I'd use some, like, administrative clients, like, because you like, there was a time. I don't know if it's different now. I haven't used it for a while. Like you couldn't just uh, like adding columns. Right? You couldn't just add a column. Yeah, yeah. But in the program I used, you could because behind the scenes it would drop the table and rebuild it for you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I kind of I just like that in principle, and I still think uh, the um, shoot. What do you call those? The incrementer things. sequences. Sequences. They're incredibly useful. Well, I'm sure my bane on Oracle. Really? I think it's basically because the, the 
Jazz with a uh, big project at the Warner Brothers with Eddie's Oracle. They're now switching to MySQL. Figure that one out. They're a developer in. Why don't we? <laughs> I guess the uh, kickback from Oracle probably ended, so they're switching over now. But I could not find a good Oracle client. I had one recommended. It was like 800 and some dollars. But I use it so infrequently, it's just to set the schema up and do some stuff. Yeah. I tried like six or seven different, you know, ones are like 50, 60 bucks. I probably spent like 200 bucks. Back in the day, I relied on Toad. Um, yeah, the Toad was the $800 one. Now. Toad, SQL Plus, and uh, Golden32 was my uh, was my query tool. Still haven't seen a SQL querying tool that was snappier and as useful as Golden32. I really enjoyed the uh, EMS. It's, not, it's expensive. It's, it was like $500. And at first I was like, felt funny about you know, spending money, but then like, Spending thousands of dollars on Photoshop. I use this like every day, so I felt fine with it. And I, I you know, the macho guys like command lined it, and I'm pretty command line heavy in my day to day work, but for that kind of stuff, no. I don't, to the point where I, I if I get stuck in a situation where I, it almost never happens, because there's almost always a way to tunnel into a server, but if you get stuck where you have to do SQL stuff from the command line, I'm like googling away all this like little commands. I can't remember how to do anything on the command line. And you don't have RL SQL. wrap, and you can't get command uh, recall and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, that's the problem with the default Oracle command line client. It has no history. Oh God! I can't even remember. Oh. We're working it with all. All I know is that there were TNS names, and I don't remember yeah. what they're for. <laughs> but I remember that they were a pain in the ass. <laughs> Yeah, but Postgres. I, I I don't know where they at now. Like, did they ever figure out replication? Like, it's like a, it's like an external thing, isn't it? Like, it's not baked in. I don't, know. I don't think replication in Postgres is baked in. I think there's like some, you know, I'm sure it's maintained by Postgres people, but it's considered a separate. I think there's a product. There's several different options for replication on Postgres, and they're all maybe not quite fully baked. That's where they're. But doing, that's where they're. That's, that's like, like secondhand because I, I haven't researched it myself. That's an area where it seems like they could get left behind. They have been left behind. They're they're, they're going to be third tier forever. Yeah, it bums me out. Although there, I think there's some better master master options for Postgres than there is for MySQL. Hmm. Actually, maybe IBM could buy Postgres to be their database to Oracle's MySQL. And but they already have the DB two or. DB2 is their or- is their Oracle database. Yes. Oh, okay. So they don't yeah, have Postgres a to their my- yeah. Right. Okay. They don't have a lower end offering like that. Does Postgres own? Is it dual license like MySQL? I have no idea. I think I thought. I don't think so. And now for the tech podcast drinking game of looking things up online. Because I remember that was some of the things somebody the um because it wasn't I didn't even choose it when I started working uh, with it. BSD license. Yeah. It was these Postgres is BSD. Uh-huh. Poor bastards. <laughs> I showed up to a job and the admin was like, "We use Postgres because it's really it's actually free." Uh-huh. Okay. Well, that's true. Uh, I'm not going to get started on my uh, FSF stuff. <laughs> oh, <well. laughs> yeah. Never mind. No, you should get started. That'd be entertaining. <laughs> I don't have a counterpoint though. I need a I need an open source uh, zealot to, to counterpoint me. I can pretend. 
You're very good at Capitalism is wrong. You've got a little bit of fear. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a start. Everybody should be working for universities. Your fear there was, there was this, scraggly enough. There was, there was this picture. There was this picture of this guy outside of the <laughs> iPad. That's something. Like, you protest that. <laughs> Holding up this sign, and he was dressed up like a faux Steve Jobs. And it was just so sad. It really? Was. Like, all, so sad. All the shit going on in the world, that's... That's your focus. Yeah, that's where you're going to go spend the day protesting. And it's and it's not even a defensible position, I don't think. Just, oh, never mind. Never mind. Why would you want to make money? They're going to say it's not about making money. You can it's, make money with GPL software. It's the lock-in. Yeah. Which... The only part... The argument that really annoys me. I mean, because generally speaking, I'm not thrilled, but... It's like it's like a deal with the devil. It's one of the reasons why, you know, as unstable as the iPhone is, like spend some time on a BlackBerry with like a bunch of apps that you get from their Wild West store, and it's like it's not pretty. Um, but but that's not even that's not even the, the the real kicker. It's that their position would be, you know, a content producer can't make any put any restrictions on how you use content that you purchase a license for. That's how content is purchased. You don't buy the thing, you have a license for it. Mm. And so now you can buy on the Kindle, what is it, 10 bucks? 15 bucks or something like that for a brand new release that you would otherwise buy in a bookstore for $25, $35. And it's only going to go down from there. But you're going to get locked into reading it on a particular device or within a particular family of devices from a, from a provider for 10 bucks or Seven ninety nine, and that seems like a perfectly fair deal arranged between customers and vendors. And what the hell are you going on about what people should do? You know, it's funny because you just remind me. Uh, this afternoon, I was uh, reading up on something. Um, trying to figure out how to deal with getting some streaming media and uh, porting it to some different applications. But anyways, um, and I was reading up on the RTMP format. Which for streaming video and RTSP? It, no. Oh, RTMP. RTMPE. Yes, the encrypted RTMP. Huh. And the because the file I encountered was in using that, and I was just reading up on it, and um, I was like, oh, that's clever. You know, that's you know how Adobe's. That's how people can just have their episode of some, you know, TV show, say, as a hypothetical example. Oh, for um, like a single view kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, I like to make sure that you know it was only viewable by their flash player. I'm like, oh, that's how they do it. You know, there's probably some key in the, in the flash video player and they're the only ones around. Anybody can access this URL, but no one can do anything with it. So I was reading up on the format, just like, oh, is it possible to, <coughs> I don't know, hypothetically make it work on an iPhone? Um, and uh, the answer is no, because it's Adobe. Um, but then reading up on all the vitriol about it, yeah. are so effing mad that they would dare do that, and 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 I'm generally I kind of you know got kind of a you know hippieish information needs to be free kind of mentality about some things, but something about that just bugged me. I was just like, what what do you what do you expect them to do? Yeah, just leave their MP4 files hanging out there in the wind, so any old person. With you know, like a packet sniffer can just watch where it's coming from and go yoink, and then share it with their friends. I mean, in this, in this, uh, you know, as the 
pundits were saying the growing age of broadband access where you can ship HD around at, at a whim. Um, if I'm producing content, I want to... The people who are going to see it have to pay for it, and I don't want anybody else to see it necessarily unless I've got some sort of you know serious mass market thing where I have some sort of residual auxiliary benefit to distribution through illegitimate means where it's actually beneficial to me for you know DVD sales down the road or something like that. Yeah, one of the uh, one of their other bones besides you know the fact that uh, wants to be free man was that well they claim that it's some special encryption technique and really it's just using well-known crypto techniques i'm just like so fucking what <laughs> like that that is the thing that you're gonna get all all bent out of shape over it's like it's working well enough see we don't have someone to take the other side i know i know but i get to a certain extent because i i i get well one that really drives me nuts is audible because i don't have a device that i can Subscribe to Audible with, and oh, I right, really like to. I really <laughs> like to pay for audiobooks, but um, I don't have any way to do it without setting up a computer with uh, Windows in my house or something. And then I still can't listen to it on any any MP3 player I have. So then I have to, you know, get a program that will let me um, rip it to MP3s, and, and I'm not going to go through that. Not when you're paying money for it, especially. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Well, you I mean, if I'm going to do that, then I'm going to find some place to download the audiobook anyway. Um, but I mean, I'd, I'd like to use Audible and, and pay, give them money, so for the convenience of just being able to download it and have it work. And I can do it with um, music. I can go on Amazon and I can download MP3s of music. And um, and apparently, Audible is owned by Amazon now, but. Oh, I was just going to say, why isn't Amazon in that business? I'm like, well, I guess they are. Yeah, I, I just realized that a couple of days ago. I went to Audible and it said it's an Amazon company. Hmm. Well, you know, uh, all podcasts, it's one of those podcasting laws that once you get big enough, you get sponsored by Amazon. So, Audible. You know, you know who oh, not yeah. to have on when that happens, Chad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We'll have beer at every taping. I <laughs> <laughs> see. Yeah, they go to my PC. That's like every freaking yeah. podcast. They must yeah. have some kind of really good affiliate rate. So okay. So if you're going to take the other side of this, well, yeah, yeah. Even 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 hypothetically. Right. So so how much are the audiobooks? Like ten, I mean, fifteen dollars. Yeah. Well, you get you get a monthly subscription for ten or twenty dollars a month, and you get a, an audiobook over to a month. Uh, when you buy audiobooks in the iTunes store, generally speaking, you're actually buying them from Audible behind the scenes. It's some funky deal they have. But okay. it's permanent. It's not. It's, it's permanent, and you don't have to. Yeah, you it's own not it. And and same with Audible, you own the book for fifteen dollars a month. And, but you and get one book you, a month. And they will let you re-download it too. If you if you lose your copy you can re-download it, which is nice. But um, oh, that's right, you're not running OS ten on that, are you? No. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, Brian's on a um a, a MacBook running Gen two? No, I'm not uh, running Ubuntu. I don't used think Gen two. I, yeah, I used to run Gen two and then I, I uh Does anybody still run Gen two? Man, you're more elite than anybody here. I know. That's like the ultimate, like, F you. I, 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 got, I, got, I got tired of, of <laughs> fixing Gen 2, so I'm, I'm running the button. Why did you pay for the Apple hardware? Um, it's good hardware. Sure. <laughs> Mainly because I'm, I, at the time I was deciding between a, a ThinkPad and this, 
and the ThinkPad had a tiny little touchpad, and the and I had I had a PowerBook previously. I was using OS X for a while, and then I, I had um, Linux running on that, and um, I got addicted to two finger scrolling and it had a decent sized touchpad. And the, the the ThinkPad touchpad was really tiny and and bad. Uh, so, so that that was the main thing that drove it for me because I do use this as a laptop a lot, and I need a decent input device, and and, and I got used to the keyboard layout as well, and, and so that helped too. But that was mainly it. And and I and my next laptop, I'm I'm probably not going to get Apple hardware, um, especially because uh, dealing with the the boot up process um, when you're not running. OS 10, or or if you're trying to dual boot or whatever, uh, can be painful. And I, I dealt with that a few weeks ago, and, and I don't want to deal with that. So you're actually dual booting? Or I thought you scrapped all of I was. I was. For a while, when I first got it, I scrapped everything. I was just running Linux on it. I, I Then I had it um, actually triple booting. Um, I had a Windows 7 beta, which I hardly ever used, and OS 10, which I never used. And then Ubuntu on it, and then I was having issues with uh, with the, the system, and and I en- ended up getting to the point where I just wiped it all and and reinstalled Ubuntu on the whole drive, and was able to get it to boot because I was fighting with the the bootloader and the, the bias, if you will, the, the open firmware or whatever for for too long. Just this way, I was able to get it to boot. Man, life is too short for all that. So. Yeah. Uh, the older yeah, I get, the less time I have to F around with that. Yeah. No, you should just get an iPad. Yeah, we're all going to get an iPad, iPad and screw yeah. all this crap. I know. I, I just, I don't have time. I just don't care. I don't want to screw around with that sort of stuff anymore. It used to be so much fun for me. See, they're going to sell so many goddamn iPads. It's not even funny because here we are sitting. Oh yeah, we just sit there and it's going to work. And I don't. What if Grandma wants to use the terminal app? Yeah, <laughs> you use terminal apps for the iPhone. I don't know. It'll be even harder for me to get a bunch of running on the iPad, so I don't think I'm going to do that either. <laughs> yeah, that that would be late. I mean, it used to be back in the day when you were buying laptops like uh, that IBM ThinkPads. Those were like the for PC world. That was like that was the best. Oh, well, it's still Is that the case. It. I think it's still pretty nice hardware. Lenovo, 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 yeah. But it's the Chinese, so there's some there's a there's a back door to, yeah. to be able to siphon off any information you have <laughs> on your laptop over to Shanghai <laughs> and Beijing. We were just looking at our SSH. They're all produced in China. They all have the back door. Yeah. We're getting hammered by China. Our racks, base boxes. Oh really? Uh-huh. What are they trying to do? What kind of are they trying to do? <laughs> just export? checking. Yeah, just trying to do. Checking in on us. Make sure. See what okay. any kind of box is open if you. Your logs running to speed, and there's just always just yeah. millions of rainbow table attacks on you. Yeah, hmm. I should change my password from password to something yeah. else. Yeah, that's where I am. Get that's rid of on just, Yeah, get yeah, and just allow root to SSH. Yeah, don't yeah. don't don't let your username be Joe. See, my name is Chaz, and so I never I never see oh, an, an right. attempted login on Chaz, and that's not even the login that I use for the machine. So I, I, I'm perfectly safe from all don't. hackers ever because of me. And just not uh, anymore because you just I use control character for the name. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get yourself behind the VPN. That helps too. Damn it! Damn it! Would we have not been recording for the past hour? No. Oh, it's like a ten-second delay. <coughs> use the uh, 
Unicode, Unicode reverse character in there. <laughs> or no, those ones that print your name upside down. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I was looking through my Twitter follower list. Some guy did that. For Oh, for his actual username? What's the, what's the URL, URL wind up being for that? I don't know. I was just looking at it in... Uh, in uh, oh, yeah, I see. Because you're getting the name. URLs are Unicode capable. Sure. Right, because I've seen the... Uh, there's that snowman domain someone bought. Yep. I always love the the reverse the, the Unicode character that reverses right to left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you go in Firefox and you get that and you start dragging it over, all of a sudden you're pulling this way and it's, it's selecting this way. Oh, really cool. Of course, you can see that on the mic, right? When I'm moving my hands left and right. Yeah. You know, all this talk, like you know, every year it's like, okay, what's the language I'm going to get behind? You know, when am I going to teach myself something new? Like last year, I, I was pretty good about it. You know, I was like, I want to get to know a Cocoa Objective C, and I spent a lot of time. I swear, I, I'm still trying to decide for this year, and, like, one thing I thought is, like, maybe I should just understand character sets this year. Like, actually understand you, the code, and what all the implications. It's one of those things I'm constantly talking out of my ass when I'm dealing with It's not going to take stuff. you long. I don't know the first It'll thing. take you three hours of <laughs> reading to, to really... To let it sink into your head properly. I mean, the Unicode book's only, you know, 7,000 pages long. Well, you don't read that. I, I read it. I bought it. <laughs> I tried to read it. So I, was, I did the same thing. I was like, I've got to understand this shit. It's a blind spot in my knowledge. I just yeah, don't know. One of the client projects I have is they have data, sort of a bunch of, bunch of different sources, and there's <coughs> data that's encoded in CP1280 or whatever, the Windows thing, mm-hmm. another one is in, uh, the, what is it? Uh, to the Windows one, um, forgot it. And then there's some Unicode, and it's just a freaking nightmare trying to. And the database is in database character encoding is Latin one. So yeah, and then but to get it all to work, you can ninety nine percent of the cases you set the character set on in MySQL to to uh, UTF eight, and that handles it. Except for the Windows. CP twelve eighty no not those the uh, the weird ass Windows smart quotes and the dashes was that ISO nine six six one no the stuff that people copy and paste from Word from Word yeah, yeah. that's been I, I I remember uh, the one site I worked on where they wanted to really be international so they and uh, UTF eight kind of covers you and even then I know enough to know that that's not even a hundred that's not even gonna get you hundred percent of the way there, but getting like a web stack, getting like UTF eight yeah. in to out required so much effing tweaking. Because yeah. there was it's like not all bad these if you're using PHP because it uses UTF eight natively, but you just gotta make sure it was Ruby <laughs> stack, right. It was, you just gotta was make sure when you start. Especially with MySQL. You have to throw Everything. in that extra command. What? No, I mean everything. You set it up. Yes. So you set the connection car set to UTF-8. You have to do it from default. day one. Yeah. Because that was There's a really good blog post with Derek Sivers talks about how he uh, converted over. It's really funny, you know, he talks about the CD Baby, like how like he knew nothing, he was building it out. But so he had several years of data, and he started finally realizing about character sets. Running with the uh, system default. Yeah, or yeah which was and like so, yeah, so he had all Swiss or data. something. <laughs> yeah. It's it some weird, it's not... What? The default Swedish. 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 What, because the original hackers were from Sweden? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. This is the default. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't, 
That's the my character simple. collation. Yeah, the collation, right. See, there's different than the collation. If you've been down this road, you're like, yes! That's only on what are you doing. I thought the fault was Latin 1. Yeah. No, that's the no. that's the that's the col- that's not the collation though. That, that's yeah, it's different. There's a difference. Okay. Yeah, there's the car set, and then there's, and there's the collation. No, yeah, I know. Yeah, 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 I, I thought it was, was Latin one, and then it was like is the car set, and then Swedish was the collation. It was it, it was weird. Yeah. And you know, for ASCII text, it's totally fine. Yeah. So USA or Swedish text. Yeah. But uh. Not so much when you're getting into international stuff. ASCII doesn't work. USA doesn't stuff work. Either. So many Latin American people, yeah. games and mm-hmm. stuff. Yep, Sedellos and but Enyas. I just remember like I started with a database that wasn't. It was somebody had just done Latin. I ultimately I just I, I wound up having I just dumped it and started from scratch. It was like the only. Trying to get that switched over in MySQL is a nightmare. Yeah, well, I was just trying to figure out. I mean, we had this. I've had this bug that's been in Mantis for like eight months to try to fix their whole database, you know, get it all working right. And <laughs> so just trying to figure bug. out from like, I've gone from trying to do it in, in Python, just trying to do it in native, like just dumping it in, from my SQL dump and then like using something to do there. Just trying to get out the, the characters, how they're stored. So you end up, it's actually written the Derek Sivers one, is you basically dump every field as a bin hex. Mm-hmm. Hexadecimal, bring it out, then you convert it. So that way, it's just coming over as so alphanumeric. Wait, you had a the bug wire. in Mantis? Just one. No, no, it was the bug tracker. Right, so you, you had, had a bug, and it was stored in Mantis. Uh-huh. <laughs> now you have two problems. Uh-huh. It's a. <laughs> it's serviceable, Mantis. <laughs> I'm the only person in the world that can uh, not operate a rimshot MP3. Clearly. <laughs> I like Derek Sivers, by the way. I, I've always, you know, it's not the, by his own admission, not the greatest hacker. I, I just like people who are willing to write about their shortcomings as, like, humbly. Like, he doesn't claim yeah. to be some amazing hacker. He's just some guy who yeah, figured it out. The vibe, I'm, I'm stuck. I'm not reading Hacker News much anymore. It's just, it's such this vibe of, like, they're all, like, 18, 19 year old, too, and they know everything. Yeah. And it's just crazy sometimes yeah. in there. It's like, review my startup. Here's a page. There was one I was going to send it to you. I said, review my startup. Which one was it? It was this page to PDF converter. And the guy literally oh, the, iframed the, uh, to another site. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What was it? No. HTML yeah. to PDF, right? Yeah. PDF join, you mean? I didn't know what it was. But yeah, pdfjoin.com was one of the ones that... Uh, I, I came across that one. I appreciate a little humility in this. I yeah. Mean, I mean, I, he did this really good podcast with um, Techstars, I think it was. People that Techstars podcast. I, I saw way too much in about Twitter and their, yeah. their uh, show notes, and so I decided to steer clear of that. It's a pretty good podcast. Um, and uh, yeah, he was on there, and yeah, very humble, basically. Smart. I mean, he, he did this first like twenty stores, twenty by hand editing the HTML. Yeah. And he literally was on his twenty fourth one. Like this, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> How the hell do these big stores do this? Do they just hire a bunch of people? <laughs> so he went to the bookstore. Wow. It's like what? Bunch of bunch program. There's bunch of monkeys sitting there yeah. uh, punching. He literally said he went to the bookstore and like saw a book for PHP and picked it up. He's like, <laughs> you can. Put this stuff in a database. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's funny. That's the kind of how I. That's awesome, though. 
a friend of mine was kind of like a good friend of mine. You know, they just I have a lot of friends who most of my people I'm you know hang out with a lot personally don't know first thing about. I don't hang out with a lot of nerds day to day, and uh, not by choice. It's just you know how things work out. But uh, so this is your trough in the week, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, this is my yeah. It's the opposite. But uh, anyhow, like trying to, he just finally says to me, he's like, you know, I have no idea what you do. Can you explain it? And I remember like kind of like, all right, you know, picture like CNN and like, you know, he knew just enough about HTML. He's like, do you, how do you think they do that? Do you think some guys just you know editing HTML? And it's like kind of getting into like, yeah, it's in the database. Like, oh, you know, kind of that same revelation. I never thought about that. But yeah, I just love that. I've heard that story too. I just love that notion. Like that, so innocent about it. Like, wow, okay, I'll learn how to do that then. But that's but that's even someone who knows HTML. I mean, if you talk to someone who's a yeah. complete civilian, I, I've had a really hard time explaining to those people just it, what I do with that. Never mind, like trying to explain how you write an application. Like, it, how do you make an iPhone app? Yeah. Well, it's 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 probably even worse than people who are in medicine or law because at least those topics impact people's lives on a very personal level. So they understand, you know, getting sued or going to right. court or going to the doctor or getting an operation or whatever. All this stuff is so arcane and behind the scenes and yeah. So I was glad when I when I got into web work, it was fun because I could actually show people yeah. what I did. It was before you know. Wow, I was doing real-time operating systems. <laughs> you know? so let me tell you about you know, setting up these firmware, you know, chart firmware tables to uh, set up, you know, FPGA so that it reads off the data bus, right? And you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> well, at least you could still say, you know, I make the the code that makes this piece of equipment yeah. work. Um, I just I don't even bother getting into it. It's like, yeah, well, people have problems with their computer. And I do magic. Oh no! Oh, I I did that once, and to this day, I get, in particular, a couple people on my wife's side of the family, and even a couple people on my side of the family, asking if they could buy a new computer from me because they think I sell computers. Right. Yeah. No. No. I don't work on Windows. Sorry. <laughs> or, or, or or can I help them fix their computer? Well, you work with computers. Well, they assume you know how to work every app in the world because yeah, like Word. Programmer. I get a lot of Word questions. I'm like. I don't use Word. Yeah. I, you know, I, you, you probably know more, because I would be like, you probably know more about using Word than I do. Oh, stop. Like, no, seriously. How many people use Word anymore? Everyone uh, What? No. Uh, okay, like... Co- corporations. Yeah. yeah. Family members of mine don't. No, no, yeah, well, yeah, people, people, no, because they, they, it used to come with your Dell or Gateway. Yeah, going way back. You know, you, Word, oh, Word Office works, works came with your download. No, it would be like an extra like twenty bucks. So it was. I remember it was not that big a deal to get Office, and now it's like, now you're paying. And like, oh you're, yeah, it, it hurts. So nobody's doing it. So yeah, people are even on the Mac side. Like, just a text edit. Text edit is all you need, as far as I'm concerned. Like, if you need it, it's just like my mom. I used to sell a lot. For like financial stuff and budgets and yeah, shit. yeah. There's there there's still no replacement for Excel. And the whole the whole version of Office now for Mac is less than two hundred bucks. I think is it? Yeah, I'm still using a, a student version from. I like numbers. seven years ago, and they did a nice job with numbers. I have not used it. That's the uh, is I that work. the iWork thing? Yeah, yeah. That's my uh, my experience in software now. It's getting worse. Like. <laughs> 
I was, I was we've been <laughs> dealing with Quick QuickBook or Quicken, mm. 2010 <laughs> version, 2009. Oh, yeah, I remember. Intuit desktop stuff is just oh my god, disaster. how bad! Because yeah. we went from Quicken 99, which we use perfectly, it's awesome. But now we have no XP machines in my house. Everything's Vista, and 99 won't work in, in Vista. So we're like, all right, bite the bullet. What's fine? I figure 10 years they'll. What could they have screwed up? <laughs> Holy crap! Yeah. Yeah. It's slower. Oh yeah. Figure that one out. Oh, it has nothing to do with slower. I, you know, I had I, I had QuickBooks 04 or whatever for the Mac and then I after a while, I think it was it was old enough that it was not working properly when I upgraded to 105 and so I upgraded to QuickBooks 08, I think, or 09, whatever it was. <clears throat> and there are certain commands you have to, you know, choose it from the menu twice because it just doesn't work the first time. <laughs> there, well, they want to make sure you really mean it. Yeah, it's that's your funny. money. Well, I mean, it used to be at Quicken ninety nine. There had at the top had reports, and then it would have memorized reports. But then it would have the, it would have just like you have uh, recent documents. It just had the, the last three memorized reports you ran. And so, like we use it, we put our stuff in, and then I have this separate uh, spreadsheet I call the No Fuss Budget. I've used for like ten years. It's like a daily allowance kind of thing. And so I just run a report, like, how much did you spend that day? And we put it in, and it, I've got this spreadsheet that, you know, automatically cal- recalculates. This is for stuff. Quicken? This isn't this is Quicken? Just something you do. In Quicken, you run a report in 99. So I had this memorized report. Just run, boom, and it'd show you what you spent that day. You can't. It's like eight clicks now in 2010. There's no, like, okay, there's not even a reports menu, if I remember right. You have to, like, go through, drill down, drill down, then go in a select box, drag it here. And there's no options. Their their online stuff looks pretty decent, like the yeah. uh, in QuickBase or whatever it is, and the and the. Um, I'm, I'm, rent, which they just bought. Right. Do you use that? Because then after we bought this thing, we we're like, you know, it sucks so bad. I was like, let's just use Mint. I, I just want to try it out. So I tried it out and I hated it. I and yeah. then people were saying that why don't you just use because Mint is just built on top of this uh, other check service. That they have their own version of, so I tried that, and it was horrible. So I well, the, I used to use Quicken, but I have a Mac, and they haven't made a new version of yeah. Quicken in like six years. There's a new People version. Are saying that the Mint UI is so intuitive or so it's, revolutionary. It's, it's like not. it sucks. It's, not. <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah, but it's better than the old Quicken for Mac. So I still believe that. Uh, I think it was Word Four, maybe for the Mac, was like the pinnacle of word processing. It was fast. It did all the stuff I needed it to do. If I never had to have upgraded from that, like, because I can't just stop. They gotta make money. So it just gets slower and more dumb features I don't need. And people laugh, like, when you say that. Like, oh, no, I'm serious. It was awesome. I didn't need it to be. It was running on some crappy old PowerPC, not even PowerPC, Motorola. And uh, it's way faster than the word I'm firing up now. Word, whatever. 20 minutes to launch. Yeah, and it's, everything feels sluggish and stupid. It's just like, whereas back then, it's like crazy fast on the crappy old machine. This is why people are getting Zoho and Google Docs. and Yeah, or even like yeah. there's like, there's a movement on the Mac, like these simpler, like yeah. there's word process, simpler word processors that just do the things you actually want to do and they oh, load really quickly and there's like image editing. I just paid like 40, 50 bucks for Acorn. I it just does the stuff I wanted to do. I got that in the last Mac heist. Yeah, and I up, but they up, you know, two o they cost money. And what does it do that iPhoto doesn't do? Because iPhoto does a lot of stuff now. 
You have to start iPhoto. Plus, there's I mean, there, there's, there's I use layers. it to manage my pictures. There's, I there's, do too, but it layers. doesn't. I have the older version, so I haven't upgraded that, so it doesn't do much. Acorn has layers and pads oh, okay. and blah blah blah. So it's like mini Photoshop. And it's fifty bucks, and it but it does the Photoshop stuff I use and understand, and I'll gladly give him my money and. It loads quickly. <laughs> it's not trying to... Every time I have to use Photoshop at work, it's like, oh my god. It's not the most the polished 20, thing. In, the 20 the million world. updates they need to run. If you try to save a, a, a ping as a, as a GIF, it just bombs. It, it's just gone. And so I have to open up Graphic Converter to do that. Ah, good old Graphic Converter. <laughs> but yeah, they're just... It's you like know. an OSE app. Yeah, oh, it's still, shit, shit, still kicking around. I know, I know, but it, it, just the look and feel of that is terrible. Oh yeah, whatever. It converts images better than yeah. anything else I got. I always, I was like, I recently was near someone who had an old like Mac because I was running like I had OS nine running on it, just playing around with it. not nine eight because nine things got a little sketchy, but um, eight and I was just like, this feels pretty snappy to me. <laughs> OS 8.1 with the control strip and uh, oh. I remember you you ran uh, I remember when 9 came out or something it was either 8 or 9 I was all psyched but you were running like BOS for a little while at work yep what and uh, I was I was. it was the Windows you could download it like it was their last uh, death rattle yeah it looked cool yeah B was fun <laughs> at, the, at the time it looked cool it was, it was a dual boot believe you me that was not my primary Place to live, but that, was, that goes way beyond Gen Two. Is uh, that was uh, <laughs> there was some serious in, in the pantheon of obscure operating systems. No, I was kind of a hot language obscurity, not in, not in pain though. Oh no, it was a joy to use. It was awesome, like, and it was cool. There's the, the one site you went to where <laughs> here's like all the programs for BOS. <laughs> yeah, but they had like everything you need. Here's a web browser. It's like the best media player of all wrapped up. The media player worked really well. It was, you had for Netscape Four, right? I think so. Yeah. It was crazy multi-threaded. <laughs> that was their thing. They were yeah. like, "Yeah, you watch video and do your stuff at the same time." Yeah, like way ahead of their time that way. I was that a uh, wacky uh, French guy? I always forget his name. Jean Louis Gassi. That's it. Does he work for Apple now or something? No, he's, no. He's, he, he's, he did work at Apple. Left yes. Okay, I got it. I've got it backwards. Sorry, pardon me, B fanboys. <laughs> Are there any B fanboys? Sure people are still trying to dredge it up. Somebody's people are still trying to run Amiga. Yeah, if there's yeah. still people. Hey, don't get down on the Amiga, man! <laughs> <laughs> oh, struck the nerve. I knew this guy. He's a friend of my dad's, and he is still running OS eight because he wrote. He's a mathematician. Um, he's really kind of brilliant guy. He worked at JPL on like the Viking missions. Worked at Apple. Uh, for a long time doing their like really low level shit but he wrote all this like um, this custom geometry program to do his math stuff and that's all he uses and so he still uses this thing this is the only thing he knows how to program on he's got to buy like five backup machines and yeah he's well he's like 70 he doesn't um, care yeah. and there's not that they're still not that hard to come by um and so there's people running like I'm sure there's people every day who are running Amiga. There's probably still people every day who run B. Have I, have I told the story in, in college about the yes. the gig on the TRS-80 Coco One? I don't know about the control systems running on it. So I worked at a computer store, and for some reason that meant that I was like the uh, expert computer guy around. And my uh, the manager, the, the sales manager, used to get me programming gigs, like tell people that I could program. 
And so Olin Corporation, which makes NATO rounds, 9762 rounds, uh, the area I grew up in Southern Illinois was during the war, has a huge area called the Ordal Area, <coughs> ordinance, or ordinance Area. It was a big government plant, enormous government plant, like 50,000 acres. And anyway, Olin still works there, still makes stuff there. And behind the mall, in the middle of nowhere, they had, he's like, let's go see this. They want to show you this thing, see if you can upgrade it. So we go in there, and it took a while to get, get clearance, all that stuff took a couple weeks. And uh, go in and go in this low building, low block building that was like 150 feet long. And they're, uh, they're testing um, the ammunition from, um, what's the Gatling gun on, on the Blackhawk that goes really fast? It speeds up and goes, but anyway, they're starting out. They had this control room about as big as this room, so like 15 by 20 maybe, and uh, had a raised floor. And he put these, everybody had these big boots on, but we didn't have boots, so they gave us these big uh, rods to hold. So they put that on the ground. So the problem was these things start up. Uh, what the hell's the name of it? The gun that comes up, spins around. Um, it shoots at like some insane amount, like 2,000 rounds a minute or something like that. And but there's so much static electricity in the room when it starts going up that if you don't, if you're not grounded, it actually can shoot <laughs> electricity in you. Oh man! Anyway, so you're in this control room, looking down this huge tunnel at all these targets, and they start the thing up, and they said they're going to shoot 100 rounds, and uh, it was <laughs> no computer, time at all. Yeah, all computer <laughs> system sitting up there, and they're just testing, and they got all these accelerometer, whatever, all the way down. Starts up. <laughs> it's done in like two seconds it just sounded like a rip like some ripped fabric shot a hundred rounds down the thing and I was like wow that was amazing like, that's not what we wanted to look, to look at we've got this uh, destructive uh, safe or chamber out that we see how much we can uh, raise the temperature of this stuff before it cooks off and it's got an old control system we want to get newer data out of it so they took it on. This is a block building, and inside the block building is another block building, and inside that block building is another block building. And there's, uh, it looks like kind of old uh, furnace doors between the buildings. And in the outer part of the block building, but still not outside, is the control room, which was a folding table with the TRS-80 Color Computer One. On <laughs> that was the control this? system. This, this is 80, 1990, probably. That was the control system that ran the whole thing. It ran everything. It had all these wires sticking out of it. They'd press a button and it would shut the doors automatically and, and it did all the, uh, <clears throat> figured out the temperature and whatever when things, I don't know what it, how it figured out when things cooked off. And they're like, we have the source con source for this. Because I was like, okay. Because I thought it was maybe in basic, you know, in basics. I had actually done a lot of coke. That's I had a cocoa when I was in high school. So I'm like, all right, it's basic. Maybe I can look at it. So it was all in, uh, they're not Z80s, but whatever it was, an assembler. <laughs> and the guy that wrote it did not believe in comments. Sure. <laughs> well, yeah. It was, it was probably three quarters of an inch. Good code documents itself. Yeah, fan fold paper. If it was hard to write, it should be hard to read. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I literally turned around and like, no, thank you. <laughs> but yeah, so you think about that. They're probably still running that to this day. <laughs> They just gave Al Qaeda a bunch of yeah. information. Oh, yeah, yeah. Way to go, Dick. Why you hit America? We're all going to Guantanamo. Traitor. So, Drew, you're like probably the only guy here who doesn't have to explain, work too hard to explain to his parents what he does for a living. Like, doesn't your dad work part of the dark arts? Remember the 
dark priesthood? He's done some programming, but mostly he's been a tech writer. But oh, uh, okay. At, but at you know places like um, at uh, BBN and Cambridge, and so you know, and Northrop, and they you know. still own like a huge swath of IP address space. I'm sure BBN. And then the internet. Like a, <laughs> That's a chain gun, by the way. Chain, chain gun. gun. That was the coolest thing, man. Yeah, I don't get to do that in my job. It's kind of boring. Yeah. So it's twenty-five after wow. seven. Wow. Whoa. The other geeks are waiting. If there are any, <clears throat> given the uh, given the whiteout. It's not that bad. It's not, that looked like it's snowing. It was supposed to stop. I was now. sitting at my desk, and then all of a sudden, the sun disappeared, and the windows started rattling, and it sounded like the roof was going to fly off. So I figured it was pretty bad out. It was for a little bit, mm-hmm. but there wasn't. There's not a, that much accumulation. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah it's supposed to be 16 degrees of a high tomorrow. It's going to be great sitting on the mountains. My daughter's ski club. Spend two hours standing there while she skis the 16 degree weather. Good job, sweetie. Yeah. I'll be in the bar down at the. <laughs> <laughs> Bring your nip bottle. All right. Good night.